We always record this podcast. It seems like we've recorded around lunchtime. And I'm always kind of hungry. So I brought my lunch in with me today. And I got an apple. I got a juice box. Huh. Uh, but I also brought in a word sandwich. What's a word sandwich? Well, I have to eat my words. Oh, I know what you're talking about. A couple weeks ago, I sort of said something on this podcast which doesn't look to be true anymore. Let's roll the tape. <laughs> Sleepy Joe. He wasn't you know, sleepy last night. I do think Biden's toast. I do think Biden's toast. It actually wasn't even two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I know nothing about politics. And Joe Biden <sighs> is not toast. And he is doing very well in the polls. And looks like he is now the guy to beat in the Democratic race. Originally, conventional wisdom was... Well, of course, Biden's going to do well, and he should be considered one of the leaders. The, and, the leader, yeah. And he totally tanks. Totally tanked. Then, when even Phil Hands writes him off, within a couple days, he's back and he's in the lead. That's right. And that's in delegates, not just in punditries. Yeah. So let's talk about Super Tuesday and the Democratic primary and all of the in twists and turns and ins and out of this race so far in this week's edition of Center Stage. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are half of the State Journal editorial board. The wronger half. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> This is a lot easier to talk about the race now that all the good candidates are out. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> all the people, all the people that we've liked and were inspired by, have all left the race. They're going with Joe Biden. It's now down to the almost octogenarians. So the coronavirus is sort of big in the news right now. But what's kind of reassuring is you find out that people like you and me. We're going to be okay. You know, most of the people that have been struggling yeah, with coronavirus. You don't need to hold my hand. I'm not going to hold. Oh, you mean about the virus. the virus. I thought you meant we're going to be okay with Joe Biden leading. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's difficult, but we're going to be okay if Joe is the nominee. We'll be okay. But with coronavirus, you know, it's only really affecting people that are probably affecting men, which that's us, but older men, which is every candidate for president. <laughs> Wow, you didn't include me in that. <laughs> no, you're not Thank old. Thank you. You're not, you're not that old. Not even close am I old when you compare me to the candidates who are left for you're the not president. Old, you're not old enough to run for president. Apparently, you have to be 70 <laughs> to run for president in this country nowadays. Bloomberg just dropped out. Bloomberg was 78. He did not seem to me to be as old as Bernie Sanders. No, but nobody seems <laughs> as old as Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Methuselah doesn't seem as old as Bernie Sanders. Uh, Larry David does. <laughs> I always get a kick out of Larry David on Saturday Night Live, but I feel like he could make more fun of Bernie Sanders than he does. It's almost too accurate. <laughs> so we are now down to, let's see, your favorite, Amy Klobuchar, dropped out just before Super Tuesday. Yep. Uh, my favorite, Pete Boot Edge Edge, dropped out just before Super Tuesday, also endorsed Joe Biden. Now Mayor Bloomberg dropped out. He also dropped a half a billion dollars on this uh, campaign of his. And on Thursday, Elizabeth Warren dropped out. The question there is, does she endorse one of them? Does she hang back? Does Biden or Bernie float something to her, whether it's possible VP or cabinet member? That will be interesting to see which way she goes. Now, if she got out, though, and endorsed Biden... That would definitely help Biden. Because the presumption all along has been she's more of a true believing progressive like Bernie. Yeah. On the other hand, 
I've heard people say, no, she's a capitalist. He's not. After Tuesday, I'm not sure we can overhype what a good night it was for Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders' strength has been liberal white people, and supposedly he's making some inroads with Latinos. Supposedly. But in Texas, which yeah. which Biden won, Sanders got 39% of the Latino vote, but Biden got 26, and Bloomberg got 20% of the, of the Latino vote. There's not a lot of voters out there that are like, mm-hmm. I was all in for Bloomberg, and now I'm going to support Bernie Sanders. This also was a big night for baby boomers. They are still in charge, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> We are going to relitigate the 60s again this this election. (laughs) A whole race has changed in a matter of days because Joe Biden did so well in South Carolina and then so well in Super Tuesday. For those those who have been knocked down, counted out, left behind, this is your campaign. Just a few days ago, the press and the pundits had declared the campaign dead. Um, that's you, Phil. Apparently, Joe Biden listened to the podcast last <laughs> week. <laughs> and then came South Carolina, and they had something to say about it. And we're told, well, when he got to Super Tuesday, it'd be over. Well, it may be over for the other guy. Tell that to the folks in Virginia. North Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Minnesota, and maybe even Massachusetts. It's too close to call. The whole race has been reshuffled and it's a it's a two old guy race. Yeah, it's now it's now <laughs> it's now what it always should have been two old white guys running for president. <laughs> God, it's like it's like our politics are so boring. We live in this dynamic, yeah. interesting country full of different perspectives and viewpoints, and all we have is old white men running for office. But tonight, I tell you with absolute confidence, we are going to win the Democratic nomination. And we are going to defeat the most dangerous president in the history of this country. I'll eat some crow here, too. I thought, as you'll recall, a couple times now, I've said I thought the young, fresh face. I thought the Democrats were going to go with somebody youthful and energetic and new, like they they did with Obama. And they had lots of candidates who fit that bill. They had Pete Buttigieg. They had Cory Booker. They had Julian Castro. They had Beto O'Rourke, mm-hmm. Kirsten Gillibrand, Kamala Harris. There were lots of diverse candidates to pick from in this Democratic field. But they went with the usual suspects. Scott, we need to dive into the most important result from last night. Bloomberg's amazing win in American Samoa. <laughs> well, at least he won one territory. Yeah. Hey, there's more than one islander. I don't think any candidates went to American Samoa. No. I don't think there was a lot of, like, ground game going on there. I think that's the kind of race that Bloomberg wanted to run, where it was just advertising on the airwaves. Biden won in a lot of states where he didn't hardly, if at all, advertise. It wasn't just Bloomberg who was outspending him. I mean, the candidate with the most money now is Bernie Sanders. Yes, the socialist has the most money. And he did have the most money until Bloomberg got in. Yeah. But Biden did well in lots of states that he didn't even go to and they didn't even spend much money in. Yeah. I mean, a state— Which, that doesn't bode well for Bernie Sanders. Like, a state like Virginia, which is a big media market, 
And there's also a lot of high information, white mm-hmm. educated voters, which would be sort of Bernie's base a little bit. Yeah. Biden got half the vote. He got 50 percent of the vote in Virginia, which is this big, big, important state. Now, maybe part of that's because one of the main industries in Virginia is working in D.C. and Bernie keeps threatening to burn D.C. down. Let's pull this back to Wisconsin. Biden just won Minnesota. Yes. And he wasn't supposed to win Minnesota. Now, Klobuchar, who's from there, the U.S. senator, dropped out and endorsed him. And he won by like almost 10 points in Minnesota, too. Which tells me that these polls from Wisconsin a few weeks ago are outdated. Yes. And you've said this on previous podcasts that you thought Bernie Sanders would win the Wisconsin primary, and he may still because he won it last time. He did. Uh, He beat Hillary Clinton last time. But I don't know. Biden just did really well in Minnesota, and that is a state that looks a lot like Wisconsin. The Wisconsin poll, their numbers for Bernie Sanders could be absolutely right. The Wisconsin poll, of course, is by the Wisconsin State Journal. In partnership with the University of Wisconsin-Madison's Election Research Center. And YouGov does the actual questioning of the public. Sanders was at 30% in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That was his num- That was his poll number on the, on the Wisconsin poll. Yeah, and Biden was sitting there at thirteen percent. But this is this is when this is when we had all these candidates in the race, you know. Um, and if you go yeah. back, if you go look at Super Tuesday in Minnesota, Sanders is at thirty percent. If Wisconsin and Minnesota are the same state, which they're not, despite what people on the coasts think, <laughs> but it, it would be you could conceive that Bernie Sanders would still that poll could be exactly accurate about what. Bernie's support will be in Wisconsin. He will get 30% of the vote on on, on April 7th, primary day, mm-hmm. and he will lose handedly to, Ber- to Joe Biden. If you gave Bernie Sanders Elizabeth Warren's supporters in the Wisconsin poll, yes. and you gave everybody else to Biden, what would the result be? The result would be 42% for Sanders versus 58 for Biden. The biggest problem with Bernie Sanders is he never made inroads with key voting blocks in the Democratic base. African-Americans didn't warm up to him. Biden just clobbered him in states with lots of diversity, like North Carolina or Virginia, even Alabama. Biden won big in Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren's home state. As two members of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board that has made it clear we are not fans of Donald Trump. Very clear. It couldn't Um, be clearer. I feel a little bit, though, that Biden still hasn't proven himself. Oh, absolutely. It appears the strategy of the candidates who aren't on the far left quitting and endorsing Biden worked on Super Tuesday. Yeah. The question is, does the candidate work going forward? I think that question is still up in the air. I I think Biden has been really befuddled for most of this campaign. He seems overmatched mentally in in these debates and his speeches seem a little bizarre and he yells at people a lot. He has not ran a campaign like somebody who's been in public office for forever and run lots of campaigns. A debate between Biden and Sanders would be interesting. Yeah, when it's just the two of them. Uh, It'll be a lot easier for both of them to have their say. And I don't know, is that good or bad for Biden that he's going to be able to talk more at the next debate? I don't know. You know, I did a good cartoon back when uh, Paul Ryan was the VP candidate with Mitt Romney and Joe Biden. There's a, there's a they debated. Pres- they debated. And it's yeah. one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Because uh, I had I had all the things that Paul Ryan was thinking about. Like, you know, I have to be warm, but not too cuddly. You know, I have yeah. to be, make some strong points. I don't want to bore people with all the facts and details. And so he had like this long list of things he's thinking about to, to prepare for the debate. And Joe Biden's list, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> 
So next up on March 10th is Idaho, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, and Washington. So for a Wisconsin audience, Michigan's going to be really interesting to see uh-huh. what happens there because they voted for Donald right. Trump in, in 2016. I believe Bernie Sanders won the primary there in 2016. So it's it's part of that that blue wall that failed for Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. and it'll be curious to see how which way they go in this in this primary next week. And it's almost a month after that that we will finally get to the Wisconsin primary. I suspect that's still going to be in play. Bernie's not dropping out. He didn't drop out last time on Hillary Clinton until way later past the Wisconsin I primary. I think Bernie was doing better. Like It'll be telling to see what happens next week. If Bernie Sanders loses in Michigan, if he gets 30% of the vote in Michigan, yeah. like he's getting everywhere else, Biden's going to win that state. And if Bernie can't show that he is energizing – because his whole campaign is based off of I'm bringing people to the polls who don't otherwise vote and feel like government's not looking out for them. Just like Trump. Just like Trump, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the aggrieved – You know, yeah. I think there's this idea that he's got a working class appeal that working class Joe doesn't. If Michigan – if the results are similar to – other states where Bernie's getting 30% of the vote and Joe Biden's getting in the 60% of the vote, now mm-hmm. that Bloomberg and all the other candidates are out, I'd have a hard time seeing how Bernie Sanders stays in the race after next Tuesday if he loses some big states. I don't know. He seemed pretty stubborn last time. Some people still blame him for not sort of a full-throated endorsement of Hillary Clinton and working for her, instead focusing on, now oh, we're on the next thing. But he was winning states late. If he's not winning states anymore... Yeah, about 40% of all the delegates will now have been picked. So there is a a narrowing clock here. Biden's recovery here reminds me a lot of John McCain's recovery. When John McCain was totally counted out as the has-been, and then after the Republican primary, this was in 2008, the Republicans, they'd try out a candidate who would go up in the polls and then, no, move on to this next guy. Mike Huckabee. Eventually it was like, no, we'll go with the old kind of moderate establishment guy that it's his turn next and we'll go with him. Yeah. And it kind of feels like what happened here with Biden. You know, one of the dangers of, of that, and I think this is the kind of thing that Sanders is talking about. McCain lost. McCain lost. <laughs> Romney lost. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I, I'm buddies with the cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune who uh, has often gone to these – he's gone to many Republican conventions mm-hmm. as, as, as just covering them for the Chicago Tribune. And he said the years that McCain and especially Romney were the nominees – it didn't feel like a party. It felt more like a funeral. Like people were just sort of like, this is the nominee. This is who we're going with. And I feel like Biden could have that same effect on the Democratic base. Now, people would have been fired up for Bernie. Yeah. Um, it, it, people will be fired up for Bernie. And that that room will be full of very energetic, loving supporters. Now, does, now, does that what people want to vote for in a candidate? Who knows? I mean, my my impression is is that the 2016 Republican convention, the people that liked Trump and were there to support Trump were pretty energetic and fired up about Trump. Going with Joe does seem like a bit of a buzzkill. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. He's been doing better lately, I got to say. Not just in the debate. I mean, in the debate, he was better, but he was still like just a lot of yelling and complaining. Although that's what Bernie does too. 
But I thought the few clips I've heard of him, extended clips of him on the stump lately, I th- he's got his mojo back. He does have his bit. mojo back, yeah. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, he's got his message down. I think so. I think his message was sort of all over the place when he was sort mm. of defending all of these different fronts. I mean, now it's very simple for him. He's the guy that can win and bring in the voters that gave Democrats a majority in the House. But he didn't do that well as a front runner when he was the front runner the first time. Because there were so many other people making that exact same case that he was making. Mm-hmm. And now he's the last guy making that case. Can we play one more clip? I think the most important moment from Super Tuesday's results, which was Jill Biden single-handedly <laughs> yeah. defending dairy farmers. With her own bare hands. With her own bare hands. And unions built the middle class. And the neighbors, we come from the three... In case you missed this, uh, some animal rights protesters disrupted his, his victory speech. Is, is calling these people protesters fair to good protesters? Disruptors. <laughs> uh, they ran onto the stage right by Joe, and their sign said, what? Let dairy die. Yeah, and Jill Biden, I don't know if she was defending dairy as much as her husband, but (laughs) she kind of got between them like she was Secret Service. And grabbed them and pushed them away, yeah. Yeah. She's not a big woman. I mean, she's she's tiny. We'll have to turn up the volume and see if we heard her yell, don't mess with Wisconsin dairy. (laughs) (laughs) Because if she did, this race is over in Wisconsin. I mean, you know, somebody's got to stand up for dairy farmers. It's not going to be Trump. Maybe we should try to secretly do this as the Wisconsin primary is coming up. We'll try to trick Biden and Bernie into appearing at a farm and then seeing if they can milk a cow. <laughs> do you think one of them actually can? I, I mean, bet you, I bet you Joe Biden can milk a cow. They both date back to the era when people did hand milk a cow. They sure did, yeah. Have you even seen a farm, Phil? I have driven past many a farm. <laughs> you know, I go to those, those like, uh, at like uh, pick up my pumpkins. I go to these pumpkin patches on farms, yeah. and that's really what all farms are like. They have, like, games and hay rides for the kids, and that's what farms are, right? You're probably more susceptible to the coronavirus because <laughs> you haven't had fresh milk from a farm. We didn't have a lot of dairy cows in Detroit when I was growing up. The music for our podcast is by Tube Tester. Find and follow Center Stage, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics, by going to go.madison.com slash center stage. Or find Center Stage with Milford and Hands on your favorite podcasting app.